0: Welcome to Zero to CEO, where seasoned entrepreneurs will teach you how to succeed. I'm your host, Jason Sherman. In today's episode of Zero to CEO, I'm going to talk to Boone Chu. He's the founder of Topalo Media. Welcome to the show.
1: Thank you, Jason. Thanks for having me.
0: Yeah, and we're going to talk about a really interesting topic that a lot of people who are watching or listening are going to want to hear and listen to this. It's how startup founders can choose the right team to validate, develop, and launch their business app. Uh, Now, when we talk about validating, developing, and launching, those are three different things. So I want to kind of break this up into those three um, pieces. Um, A lot of people ask me, hey, how do I validate my concept? And I have my methods. I want to hear yours. So if if someone is a brand new entrepreneur, they've Mm -hmm. never done this before, what are the top three things you would tell them to do in order to validate their concept?
1: Yeah, I think that it depends on the idea some ideas are already validated by some other people right in fact most of the ideas are probably being done by some have been done by someone at some point so you kind of want to look into those things for example if you are going to create an app you go you can go on um or you can hire a team to go on um you know the app store look for similar apps and you can see how people re- react to those apps so having sort of historic data on, you know, how people react to the things that you're doing that's similar to what you're going to be doing is one way to validate things.
0: So you're talking now, about building a better mousetrap, basically.
1: Building a better mousetrap, but also validating that the market part of market fit is there, right? If, you, if your idea is brand new and that no one has done before, then you kind of have to use it a different way than versus if your idea is just a better version of something else. If, you're better, if your idea is better, better, uh, a better version of something else, then you can look at the the existing app that is out there, or existing platform that's out there, and you can see what kind of complaints people have towards it, and kind right. of valid that way.
0: If your so idea is brand new, yeah. So it's kind of like again, like seeing what they're doing wrong, and then you're not doing yeah. it that way. So you're you're basically fixing the problems that they've caused.
1: Yeah. The, the the thing is, we have to look into the purpose of doing validation. the The reason for us doing validation is we want to make sure we're building the right thing for the right audience right but the other thing that is really important with validation is how big is the audience because you don't want to end up building something that is too small so the validation is important now I don't think that people know all the time what they want sometimes you're building something that nobody knows that they need right so the validation itself is also something that you need to kind of listen what the market tells you but you cannot like believe it 100% you kind of have to you know, have your own spin mix. on it as well. It's a it's mix. It's a as mix. Well.
0: I mean, you, you you know, you're you're the founder, right? So you need to come up with the creativity, the innovation yeah. behind what it is you're building, and of course, you know, data and analytics and market feedback matters. I mean, it's it's kind of fifty-fifty. And what wasn't it Steve Jobs that famously said? Um, consumers don't know what they want until you show it to them. Yeah. So, so it's kind of like that. I mean, yeah, you can hear people in the market saying, I want this, I want this, I want this. But then at the same time, you could also introduce something to the market. So now that you validated it, what are the steps in order to develop or build? It could be a product. It could be a physical product. It could be an mm. app. You know, A lot of people spend a lot of time and money doing this. So what are the tricks to avoid the pitfalls?
1: Yeah. See, the thing is, within validation, there's no sort of guarantee that your validation is correct, right? So you need to, the validation has a couple of different ways you have to do it, right? You can either build a minimum sort of viable product to go validate it, or you can validate it using some other quick ways to prototype things. Now, assuming you validated that, you know, the, 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 uh, the idea that you have, the next step is really to turn it into a physical thing that people can use, right? So now the question becomes how How, how do you, like, how much money do you put into it? How much fun do you put into it? The thing is, validation is not just a one-step thing. You have to keep on validating, validating things. In order for something to be good, you have to constantly be validating new ideas that you have to make the idea, you know, to make the thing that you're building better and better.
0: So do, so do you do that yeah. by like having like a beta pool of people? So let's say 100 to 500 people testing your app, and then you build a new feature, you push it out to them on like test flight or whatever and say, hey, test this new feature, let us know what you think. Or is it maybe asking them ahead of time with a survey, hey, here's, a new, here's five new features we want to build. Which one of them do you think is best right now? Or which one do you want to try first?
1: Yeah, you can actually, the way I, the one approach I like to do is to really build the minimum core set of features into the app. You know, don't don't put too much stuff into it. Once you have the minimum core set and you put it out, if people really like it, they're gonna come back and complain to you. What's missed? What what's missing in the app? Right. So if you hear enough things that are missing, like like you're gonna hear like maybe one or two ideas that are the things that are missing in the app this sort of the overwhelming complaint from people, then you build that. So that's right. one way to do it, right? Because you know they come back with pain points. And we're we're but, facing
0: that right now. <laughs> yeah. Exactly. Yeah. Yes yeah, so, so I like think one of the things that we've we've seen exactly you just hit the nail on the head, so we built our m v p our core value proposition. People love the initial app, but mm. they're they're missing the interactivity like the collaboration the collaborative tone of what the app could do, and we're trying to now navigate and figure out well, how do we introduce that so now I want to ask you because this is mm. relevant yeah so once you have the pain points, mm. how do you decide how to build them, and what I mean by that is, how do you choose the UI/UX, or for listeners, u- user interface or user experience? How do you hmm. choose the method of presenting that feature or features to the app?
1: Yeah, so there's not, so there are some science to it, and there's some art to it, right? The science part is that you, there are some principles you have to adhere to. For example, you don't want to make it too difficult to you know, understand. You want people to be able to know what it what it does without having to read a manual about it. So there are principles you can stick to. But at the end of the day is how do you do create something that doesn't make people think? So that the less cognitive energy they use on that, that's the best because say you know, really they're coming here with a purpose. So whatever that you're trying to realize, you have to think about how much how much effort does people have to, you know, do people have to go through to because at the end of the day they want the outcome, right, of using that feature. So you want to make sure that the the effort they put into it is not so much, whether it be mental effort or, you know, physical effort. So so there are some things that but in terms of how you would execute it to make sure those things are not violated. Obviously having the awareness is important. But then doing it is kind of an art, right? Because you kind of have to make enough mistakes in the past to say, I have to not do it this way. Um so there's a little bit of a uh aesthetics, there's a little bit of taste that goes into kind of like Apple, right? Like how do you create a, a, a device that looks so beautiful like Apple? There's there's certain principles that they stick to, but it doesn't mean that if you follow that, you can come up with another Apple product. So there's a little bit of a, you know artist, artist artistry behind that as well.
0: Do you believe that maybe, I mean, like we, we did this in our app where when you first sign up, uh, a bunch of tutorial pop-ups appear showing you how to navigate the app. Is that something that is okay to do? I mean, a lot of people skip the tutorial, of course, but having it there and then having an in-app tutorial where you can watch videos of each feature is kind of how we're trying to break through that educational part. Is that just not worth it or is it okay to have because, you you know, should people kind of educate how to use something um, that way or is that just an old way of doing it?
1: Yeah, it depends on the product, right? Like a consumer product, you want to, because you want mass adoption, you want to make sure because the moment you have people do something, there's a chance that they kind of. Just not do it so you are basically creating a funnel right the moment you have them do things you're basically creating a bigger funnel what that means is that you're going to get rid of more people the moment you have them do more things so i say i would say that for consumer product you want to make sure that there's little effort so maybe there's some onboarding screens when they go in there when you first sign up you can quickly show them how to use the app in a proper way and then you just kind of leave them on their own and then you observe behind the scene put analytics and behind observe behind the scene if people have problem using you know the app so that's one way For enterprise app, it's a little bit different because enterprise tend to be doing a lot more things. And so enterprise app, you probably have to have a manual, have some some ways, a training session or something like this. So the sort of audience that you're serving is important because enterprise, when it comes to, they would already be paying for your thing to use your thing. So they want to know the ins and outs of that. So their mindset is different than a consumer. Consumer is like, they just want to get to the, you know, outcome very quickly. so you don't want to create too much friction for them.
0: Right. The attention spans are so low and people are used to using like apps like Instagram, TikTok and all the other ones out there that are just really easy to use. Yeah. Um, so we've been trying to really employ a lot of those tactics. And when it comes to launching the app after you validated, you've built your MVP minimum viable product. Um, what are the best ways to launch it in terms of uh, timeframes? Is it like, is it good to do an alpha closed? Beta, yeah. private, then public, and then kind of massive marketing campaigns?
1: It depends on it depends on the platform, the nature of the app that you're building, right? And But one thing is for sure is that you don't want to wait until you push out the app, whether it be TestFly or whatever, to start marketing it. You want to kind of market it before you decide to release the app officially to the app store. Why? Because you want to build a little bit of anticipation and momentum for that, right? So you don't want to build, send it out, start doing that, and then you launch to, you know, crickets, right? That's not good. Right. So, so having pre-launch activity is very important, but in fact, sometimes it's good to kind of see how people react to it, you know, because they can see it's coming, but you don't want to do it too far out as well. If you do it like six months out, they they get impatient and they stop. (laughs) Pay attention. There's a little bit of art and science, art and science there, right? So, Yes, definitely do pre- pre-launch, um, you know, beforehand. But again, it depends on the nature of the app. Different app has different sort of dynamic, different sort, of, you know, sort of interaction that goes into it. So you, you can't use the same strategy for different things, you know.
0: Makes sense. I mean, yeah, it's, it's tricky because if you launch too early, people are going to complain, right? Yeah. If you launch too late, then you're not going to have enough people. And then you have that chicken in the edge syndrome. So, um, let's, let's circle back around to the topic, which is how to choose the right team. Now that you mm-hmm. validated, developed and launched, I'm assuming you've done this with a team. So if you're a first time founder, yeah. how do you, how do you attract talented individuals with different skill sets to yeah. join you to make your vision come true?
1: Yeah. Initially, I think, so this is one approach that I have tried, you know, many different approaches. I think this is the best approach, right? As a founder, you forming a team, a full time, especially the team is going to be likely like the full timers. I think it's going to be less advantageous. Again, it depends, right? But most of the time I would say it's less advantageous to build a team right out of the, right out of the gate because it's fixed payroll that you're paying. What if you need to throttle? What if you need 10 people right now and then six people next, you know, two months later? It's a little harder to do. So it's better to go to um, you know, someone, like sort of an outsourcing solution to do it initially. Now, the, the tricky thing with outsourcing solution is there's no alignment there. Because what I mean by alignment is that they want your cash. They don't want any of the risk, right? So if you fail, they have no consequence at all. So right. what I mean by that is if you pay someone to go do your app, it's actually a bad idea. Because when they get your money, whether it be a full-timer, even a full-timer, it's the same thing. There's no alignment there. They just want your cash. So if they make a mistake in whatever things that they do, they don't really suffer the consequences. You suffer it. So what you want, ideally, which is kind of hard to do, but what you want is to hire someone that has a skin in the game. What I mean by that is, let's just say you get someone, but they work with you on a cash equity basis. So instead of you paying them $100 an hour, you pay them 50 an hour, but then they, the other $50 would come in the form of equity, compensating, and so on. That's kind of how Alchemy does it. Because with the skin in the game, if I make a mistake with the quality of the work, the decision that we make, and we're going to suffer as well.
0: Right. Cause the, the, the app won't succeed. And then that means you won't succeed because your, your equity won't be worth won't, anything. Won't, won't, exactly.
1: <laughs> so there's no, there's no tendency to want to stay work on the project for too, too long because, you know, you want the equity to turn into something. You hire an agency, they would want to just kind of, Bleed you dry because they want to work on your app for as long as they can. So there's really no incentive for them to launch the app in five months, six months, because the longer they work, the more cash they get. So I think going to outsourcing, whether it be in, uh, local or even the, uh, international, like India and other places, it's a bad idea because not only is it hard for you to vet the ability by the time you vet it, it's probably a month or two, uh, you know, like you want to waste, spend money. There is the, the alignment is not there in terms of the, you know, the, uh, the desire to make it successful.
0: Makes a lot of sense. And um to close things out, I want to know your secrets to getting your app featured by Apple.
1: Yeah, so very good question. So you have to kind of know what they're thinking about, right? So at the end of the day, they want to sell more iPhones and, you know, having people download more iOS. That's what they have in mind. So one of the things you, you want to do is to say, what are the new features that just came out in was 14, for example? Or, you know, whatever version that is. You try to implement those features. Then you have a higher chance. Why? Because we want people to see those new features showing up in apps, so you kind of look at those. So you, again, we're really stepping into their shoes and say, for example, we have one app that actually went into the the commercial, right? Which is super difficult to do. I mean, being featured is one thing, but going into an Apple commercial is a very difficult thing to do. Now, the reason why our app got picked, so it was an education app that we built, because Apple was trying to push iPad as an educational education you know tool. So when they saw our app. And it was, you know, done for education. They picked us and then they put us in our commercial. So again, it's really all about how they can, you know, benefit. So if you sort of put yourself in their shoes and you say, okay, I think they want to see all these new features and they want, you know, whatever. So um, you, if you know what they want, then you can prime yourself for that. Yeah.
0: What if you just start doing that and they just never feature you? Then it's just kind of like yeah. you're, you're kind of building stuff that you didn't want to build. You're building it just for the sake of trying to get featured.
1: Yeah, Which definitely. Could, I think, I think it it's could, a very, could
0: yeah. derail, it could derail you, right?
1: It it could and could not, right? So you want to make sure that the principle of you building the app is always to serve the market. But the featuring part is actually go, it goes hand in hand with you serving the market, as in you got to create something that is very like elegant. Beautiful, right. right? So, so one being that you don't want to go crazy and start doing ways that Android is doing. And when you do things that the way, the way Android is doing, Apple is not going to, you know, there's just a higher lower chance that they might feature. So there will be some decisions you can make based on that. But most of the time you will not make that as a first principle. I want to get it because you, like you say, you, it may not happen, right? right. But many, many apps are successful without Apple's featuring you, you know, right. Apple feed. Why? Because even if they feature you, you're going to see a spike. In attention, like in, in people knowing about your app, and then it's going to die down. Right. It's not going to be there forever. Correct. So, we're putting making decisions based on the need to get that spike. It's not a smart thing to do. So, I th- my, my thing is, when we do it, we always put in a quality mindset into it. And the chance of it us being featured is higher, but it's not guaranteed for sure.
0: Makes sense. Yeah. And where can people find out more about what you guys do?
1: So, they could go to a website, tapolo.com, uh, T A P P O L O.com. And they can also email me at at com, and I can, you know, guide them in the proper way, yeah.
0: Sweet. This was informative. Hopefully I can uh, use some of this in what I'm doing and people listening or watching. Thanks again. Appreciate it, Boone. And as always, we'll see you guys in the next episode. Hope you enjoyed the episode. If you learned something today, please support this podcast by subscribing to it, sharing it with your friends, and leaving a five-star review. You can learn more about me at jasonsherman.org where you'll find information about my book, also called Strap On Your Boots, available on Amazon, as well as my course called Startup Essentials on Udemy or Skillshare. I'll see you in next week's episode.